it's funny, Alex. It's kind of like it's a comfort food episode. You have mozzarella sticks. Yeah, my lunch. And I have Nutella. Nice. Sorry. That's it. I'm sorry. What? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, we're back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a start. In studio as well. Yeah, we're in studio. Got a whole lot uh, to talk about. The Washington game is on, along with the Pittsburgh Penguins. one nothing. Hey, Jacob you Verano. know what else is on right now? Or uh, it's going to start in about half an hour? Baseball. Baseball. Spring training, or, is it, they call I it? I believe so. I Even, think that's what they call it. Is it spring yet? I don't think so. Isn't it supposed to be a shorter, like, winter should be done soon, the groundhogs are doing something? Yeah, the groundhog made a prediction. What a, the farmer's almanac, right? What a dumb idea, <laughs> by the way. Let's look at this random animal. It's a, a ground pig Yeah. to determine the season's length. It, it's confusing. We you yell know, they do, Listen, science. they do the same thing with science, right. We do the same thing, uh, the, a couple tournaments uh, do this, there's like an octopus or something. Have you seen that before? The octopus goes towards one thing, and that's the team that's going to win. I'm like, man, like you really believe that? No. I but, thought you were about to go to Detroit for a second there. No, no, like, no, no. Okay? No, no, not octopus. Detroit. Octopus. No. Okay, shall we Shall we just get started? Yeah. Um. I guess we're starting off with the power hour, and I think, I think we should make the power hour presented by Bobby Ryan today. Of course, back in November, Bobby Ryan entered the NHL NHL PA assistance program. We didn't know exactly what was up. There were some whisper, whisper, whispers, but of course, you don't want to. With stuff like this, you want to be sure. But it came out a couple of days ago. I'll just read you this quote um, that he's opened up about struggling with alcohol addiction. And quote, I was trying to white knuckle, th- uh, white knuckle thing and do things the wrong way, Ryan said. I'd have 20 days of nothing and one real bad one and you just can't get better without help. There's such a stigma around asking for help, and I was trying to do it. I've done that for a long time, end quote. Well, it's awesome that he's getting help. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, there's, there's, seems like there's a lot of issues going on. He's just had in, a just in gen, Just in general, and it's good that he's getting help. Yeah. I think there's, that it's just really good. Like, awesome. He's always been... One of the, I think he's been an underrated personality in the game as Bobby Ryan. So it's really nice to see, you know, he's figuring his his life out. He's not had the easiest one, of course. And right. it's it's really it sucks that outside of it, a lot of people have just kind of laughed at the whole Bobby Ryan. Of course, a terrible contract. Part of the joke that is the sends, but of course, just good for Bobby Ryan. Yeah. Because when he was at his best, he was good. Yeah. One of the most underrated SEAL guys in the league back in his, in his prime, I'll say. But anyway. Who drafted him? I believe it was the Ducks. Yeah. Oh, wait. That was Brian Burke. <laughs> That's where you're going with that. Every time I see Crosby, I'm like, oh, close to being a duck. Dude, yeah. <laughs> it's really funny that a few picks later, Carey Price is available, by the way. <laughs> but anyway, we talk about primes. I didn't know you could still be in your prime at 34 years old. But Alex Ovechkin, who has now hit 700 goals. 700 goals. What's that? 194 away from Gretzky? I don't even know. I believe he... I'll find out. I think Gretzky's at 894, I think is the record. I believe so, too. We're going to pull it up. But he's hit 700. The second youngest player... 894 goals. 894. So Ovechkin, the second youngest player to hit 700 goals. He's going to beat Wayne Gretzky's record. He had, I think it was a season-high five-game goalless route, which is hilarious to think about. The guy's a beast. It sucks it was against the Devils, though. What? Yeah, because no one's talking about it? Yo, oh my god. But that, the yeah. thing is, everyone's talking about it. Because it's 700 goals. No, it, by the end of that day, no one cared about Alex Ovechkin. Because a, goals. an emergency right, backup right. goal, he was in we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> well, you're laughing now, but I don't know how long that's going to last. Like 30 seconds. It just sucks, because they're playing the Penguins right now. And imagine if he had done it in Washington versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, that would be ten times better. You think Sid says anything to him? Probably. I'd, I'd hope so. I can't imagine. They don't hate well, each other. Considering Sid's personality, 
I don't think there's a whole lot of hatred between the two of them now. No. They don't like each other, but... I don't... Yeah, I don't think they hate each other. Though. No. Unless it's the playoffs. But anyway, Alex... That's a different story. Speaking about the playoffs, um, or lack thereof for certain teams, <laughs> I thought they really had it this year, Alex. I thought they were so close. They were one player away. You know what's really funny about the Detroit Red Wings? <laughs> Beside the fact they just got mathematically eliminated from the playoffs in they February. They have a goal different differential of, of below, it's like negative 108. Oh my god. They might beat the record for that too. I don't even know what the record is. I think it was the first, like the quickest elimination since, I think I saw the 90s, I think. <clears throat> I think so. Which is incredible. So <sighs> the next team with the lowest goal differential is... Ottawa with negative 48. What? Yeah. Dude, I remember at the start of the season, I said, I don't think Detroit's going to be as bad as we all think. And oh boy, was I wrong. Well, how bad did you think they were going to be? I saw Larkin. I thought he's pretty good. I saw a little Bert. I thought little Bertruzzi's pretty good. I thought Bernier's not that terrible. Okay. I didn't account that Jimmy Howard would only have two wins. But... Bernier's 13, 18, and 2. That, okay, that's fine. Wait, just let me tell you Jimmy Howard. Oh. He's 2, 22, and 2. That's incredible. That is devastating. Zamboni drivers have one less win than Jimmy Howard this season. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. That's insane. Insanely bad. Just to be clear, insanely bad. Imagine I feel if bad. they don't get Lafreniere. They have Steve Eiserman as their GM. They're going to get first, second, and third overall. Somehow. Somehow. Mike Green for two seconds and a, th- a first, and and who knows, Thomas Shabbat, the way it's looking. Probably. Know, he got hurt He's, last night. Yeah. Clean. Brendan Gallagher's not a pest. He just battles hard. But anyway, we talk about them. So you said he's about. not a pest? Okay, no, no, Brandon Gallagher, sorry, he's not a, he's not a rat, he's a pest, okay, but, like, Brandon go. Gallagher isn't a dirty different. player. Okay, that's Absolutely that's, not. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. He's the guy who gets cross-checked in the face by someone a foot taller than oh, him and barely even flinches about it, but anyway. Someone's still angry about that? Oh, of course I am, but, you know, Brandon Gallagher's a little bundle of joy. Speaking of little bundles of joy, though, five foot four Nathan Gerby versus the Philadelphia Flyers a few days ago. He's, you ever seen that video of those two koalas fighting in a tree? I apologize, I have not. It's adorable. And Nathan Gerby, to me, the shortest player in the NHL, is kind of adorable. Yeah, man. He's not, it's not like uh, he's young either. Right? He's been around. He just got back in the NHL this year, too. You know, how tall is he? He's five foot four. He's 32. He's that old? Yeah, man. I know he just got a contract extension. He'll probably be like kind of like what Rich Kloon is to the Leafs. Probably. But like, he's the shortest player in the NHL. Yeah. But That's he, insane. He threw a big hit in the Flyers game. Of course, he's a blue jacket. And then Travis Sanheim tries to go after him. Yeah. And then it wasn't really that much of a fight. It was kind of just pushing, pushing, pushing. And somehow Gerby got Sanheim off his feet. I'm not going to say he won the fight, but I mean, you could... Say like you know he what won, he say did. he won the fight. Did Columbus win last night? Because I think I saw they were on a seven game losing streak. What they were happened? On a seven game losing streak. Yeah, they were. I don't uh, know what's happening with this team. To be honest, um, let me check for you. I wonder if while you're checking that they're just starting to run out of gas. Well, you know they have no players. That's they literally true. have no players. I think Oliver Brokstrad got hurt again. Ten like, weeks. Ten or weeks. eight to ten weeks. They lost in shootout to Nashville. But they have Nathan Kirby. They are two, three, and five in their last ten. Um, they sit. Well, they're tied technically for the second wild card spot, but Carolina is ahead of them because Carolina has played sixty one games. Columbus has played sixty three. And the Rangers are four points behind them with two games in hand. You see Lundqvist got scratched the other day? Yeah. That's that's tough. Yeah. And yeah. just a last note on Columbus. These guys are on IR. 
Cam Atkinson, Brandon Dubinsky, Seth Jones, Alex Winberg, Ryan Murray, Josh Anderson, Alex Texier, and Dean Cahoon. Wow. And uh, Jonas Corposal is currently doing some conditioning, staying with the Monsters. I did see that. I believe it's the Monsters. Yes, it is. Cleveland Monsters. Cleveland. That is a lot of players. Yeah. That's, that's eight or nine, sorry, with Corposalo. That's nine. And it's not like these guys aren't uh, impact players. Cam Atkinson, in, impact player. Seth Jones, impact player. Yeah, Ryan player. Murray, I can, you know, I get he's not as good as where he was picked, but impact player. Josh Anderson should be an impact player. Good one, Hal. Uh, Texier, young. Great player. Great player. He's French. I mean, whatever you think of Brandon Dubinsky. Locker room presence. Locker room presence. Like, those are a lot of guys that they could use in the it, on the ice right now. Mm-hmm. Because half of these names are meaningless to me. Uh, Calvin Thurkoff, Stefan Matteau. Uh, I remember Stefan Matteau. I don't. He's a former first-round pick by the Devils. Came oh. to Montreal for Devontae Smith-Pelly, actually. That's... And then he got... I think he went to... He was in Vegas at some time. He actually, really funny, he hung up on the TSN guys because yeah. they were taking too long to talk to him on the phone at trade deadline. Wow. Yeah, no, Stefan Mateau is a, Stefan Mateau is something, I'll tell you that. But hey. It, it, it can get messy for this team. And I think when we did our halfway trade predictions, or not trade, but halfway standings, mm-hmm. we still had Columbus in the play, like I did. I don't remember. I'm not. I don't remember if you did, but I know I did. I think I had them in a wild card spot, and I don't even know. They're an interesting team because the thing is, it's not like a lot of these injuries are short term. No, they're like Bjorkstrand, eight to ten weeks. Jones is just gone. Jones is gone. Uh, has been gone since before the All Star break. Right. Josh Anderson is out. No one even knows. I don't even know when he played last. We it, talked about Anderson and his impact like a few weeks ago when he still hadn't played. So that's just... And I haven't heard his name all year except for trade talk. So, but anyway, we'll move on from Columbus. We'll talk more about them a little later. And how I believe they're not going to actually do much of the trade deadline. Which is tomorrow, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. But talking about trade deadline. I'm actually... I, I originally thought that I wasn't going to get up early and watch it. But I think I am now. I don't have... Time. Yeah, because you're very busy tomorrow. Mid-terms. I have an interview in the morning, and then I have a midterm at 3 o'clock. So you're going to give me all the information during our 6 o'clock class. Yes. I also. Well, we won't be talking before. We won't be talking during that class, because obviously. We respect Gary Gould. And we are good students. Quick mention to the people at Ryerson. So I, I, there's a guy named Donald. I know Donald has listened to the show before. I don't know if he listens to every episode, but God bless Daniel, who was supposed to be here today, but he's such a nice guy that he swapped, I guess, eye-opener stories of Donald, and Daniel didn't realize that it actually, he, we record at 12.30, it's 10 to 1 now, and he has to be at a Rams volleyball game, Ryerson Rams, go, go, go Rams, by the way, at 2 o'clock, so we couldn't get Daniel today because he was so kind to switch to Donald, so Donald, if you're listening, I love you, dude, really nice guy is Donald, by the way, um, I've, I've talked to him a few times over the past few years. Um, went to a party, um, same party as him once. So you're a really nice guy, right? Remember I talked to him about a night that the Leafs had beat the Jets and how big a win it was. I remember that. Nah. All I remember from that party, to be honest with you. But um, but Donald, I'm a bit upset with you that you've cost me a, co- a co-host. But anyway, we'll keep yeah. moving on. Trade deadline, yeah. Bruce Boudreaux will be on the Sportsnet broadcast and Gerard Gallant for TSN. Not only does sorry, I I love both both of them. I don't know which one I'm gonna watch if I get the chance. But, uh, yeah, I have that. I have that problem too. But Sportsnet is is killing it. You know, you have obviously you have Bruce Boudreau, uh, you have Kevin Bietz, Bieksa, who has been a star, star this year. Star Ryan Kessler, Mister Grumpy, and Paul Bizanet. And nasty and. I can't remember his name. Former Leaf. His car got keyed. Oh, Chris Versteeg. Chris Versteeg. Chris Versteeg. Yeah. yeah. And I think TSN normally have Steve Simmons on these broadcasts. Pierre McGuire. No, good. good yeah. Good, 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 good. You know, you know why Bruce Boudreaux fits into the Sportsnet broadcast so well? 
Tell me. Because he's a closet Leafs fan. <laughs> he is. No, he's, he's not, not closet. closet. He's, he's not like closet. He's it. not closet. His, I remember his mom was at a Leafs game against Minnesota. And and he's just openly a Leafs fan. <laughs> he's got his arms up with Matthews Berries of you. Like, boy, Austin. He is. He is just an open Leafs fan. I love that. Anyway, Alex, you know how we close out the power hour. We're not going to do read of the bye week because there's just too much to get to. But we're in studio and that means there's a pop quiz. Any idea what the pop quiz will be about today? Uh, backup goalies. No. Emergency backup goalies. No. Now, you did ask me whether it was going to be at the Habs. I said no. Because it's not about the Habs organization, but it is about... Please, into the mic, tell me and the listeners what you are looking at right now. It's about now. Carey Price. It is a per- Carey Price quiz. Now, can you describe the cover page to the listeners, please? It has a picture of Carey Price in front of reporters. I think that's at a Habs golf tournament. So, Probably. I'm just going to... I'm going to give you a Oh, do pen. I have to do I have to write? Can I just answer the questions out loud? No. Uh, you know what? Yeah, sure, Alex. So, why don't you go ahead and read the first question out loud, please? Um in at what number was Carey Price drafted in 2005 NHL entry draft? Mhm. Please read the options to the listeners. Oh, uh, sorry. 5th overall, 4th overall, 6th overall, and 7th overall. Mhm. Is it 5th overall? It was. It was, yeah. It was fifth okay. overall. Just making sure. In what year did Carey Price win the Calder Cup with the Hamilton Bulldogs? Uh, 2006, 7, 8, or 2005? Um, Just a quick fun fact about that. Do you know who actually was running the Bulldogs back then? No. Julian Breezebois. No. Current no. GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Of the team that just gets whatever the hell they want. Mm-hmm. Was it... Uh, no, because in 2006, he was with the Tri-City. Was he not? I can't tell you that. Uh, was it 2005? Or is it a trick question? He didn't play for the Hamilton Bulldogs. I can't tell you that. Okay, I just 2005. To... No, because he would have been drafted in 2005. Yeah, so he would have. So the playoffs. Oh, Calder Cup. I am so sorry. I'll let you answer that sorry, again. Let me answer it again. I got confused because no. Hamilton used to be... Uh, Montreal's there was about two AHL clubs away. Yeah, they and I think now they're an they're an OHL team, are they not? They are, yes. That's why I got confused. They won the Calder Cup. Yeah, they were in the Morrow Cup, I think, last year. Apologies. No worries. Two thousand and seven. Yes. Okay. Of course. Because two thousand six he was playing Tri City Americans. I remember you told me that one time. Yeah, he came he went back to Tri City for a year and Yeah. uh, yeah, he actually 2007 was a big year for Carey so Price. So I'm two for two right now. Yeah, good job. Question three. In what year did Carey Price win World Junior Gold? Mm-hmm. So he, so 2006, 5, 7, and 4. So he wouldn't have been able to play 2007. That would have made him too old. 2005. It was actually in 2007 as well. How? I don't know, but I, Wikipedia how, says that. Tool? So what, did he win it both years or just 2007? So he only actually played the one in the big, you know, U21. Okay. Uh, in He went. He was at like the U18 when he won silver. And then at the actual, you know, big World Junior U20, he did win gold. In 2007? In, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's why I said 2007 was a big year for Carey Price. Right. So I'm two for three. Uh, question four. Has Carey Price won the Lou Marshall Award? Which is, of course, given to the Canadian Athlete of the Year. I believe that's true. I think he won it the year he won the Heart. Mm-hmm. Right? 2015. Oh, okay. Where he won the Heart. The only goaltender to win the Vesna, the yeah. Jennings, the and Heart, and the Lindsay in a single season. Okay, three for four. Yeah. Which one of these Canadians' records does Price not own? The shout-out, most shout-outs, most wins... Most game play, games played, most losses. I believe it's most lot. No. Most games played. The only record Carey Price is not own of those four is actually shutouts. The record is seventy-five. Really? He doesn't I, have fifty. You know why I went with most games played is because when back in the days, like players were playing seventy games a year, like consistently. Yep. Right, and I don't think Price has been playing seventy games of the year consistently. Oh, oh well, no, no, see, but not to the extent that those like those guys were literally playing see, every single year. The difference is is that the Habs were really, really good for yeah. about 
ever, especially in the seventies and all that. Um, mm-hmm. Carey Price has not had a great team in front of him. Yeah, he he owns win. He fun fact: I was at the game where he had see, got the games played record, and he got such an ovation. Apparently, he was a uh, sorry. He he was crying. Yeah. And a report came out that or the goaltender coach for Montreal, Stefan Waite, actually said that Price told him that he actually thought the fans had stopped liking him, and it meant the world to him. Wins, of course, he got this year. And losses he does own, actually, which is a shame. But, you know, he has everything else. So, and yeah, shutouts, the record is 75. Price, I think, got 48th last night against the Sens. So, um, yes, I'm... I don't think he's going to beat that one. But um, you never know. looking at the era he plays in, there is a legit argument he's the best Habs goalie ever. I think it's, it's without a question, Wah, if he had stayed... Yeah. But then you think Stanley Cups and how much you value them. Pretty big deal, but just you look at the teams in front of them, I really do think Price uh, has a legit shot to be the Habs' best goalie in history. So Alex. I went three for five. Yeah, That's which okay. you passed. It's good enough. Whatever. I'm not complaining. I think Daniel would have gotten that right. Like, I think Daniel for sure does as well as you, especially the World Juniors question because he loves he that. Knows, he knows. But anyway, um, we are done the power hour. Now we have our big segments to talk about, Alex. And so how are we gonna split this thing up? Why don't you tell everyone? So we're we've decided that we're gonna start the show because of course we're gonna have a big depth, you know, big dive into the trade deadline. Every single team. Every single team. But first, we're gonna talk about the Leafs and the Habs, or Leafs first because there's some stuff last night, ladies and gentlemen. And then the Habs, and I think we're gonna do the rest of the East, then the West. Sure. And I think that will be... It. Hopefully there's a trade or something that happens because... That I would, would be, be insane. I'd be amazed if there wasn't some sort of big development today. But anyway, Alex, because we're... I'm assuming here we're also going to talk about trade. So before we actually get into all that, I just want to say that at this time of the year, I think we all need to remember the human side of the trade deadline. Last year, of course, Mikhail Granlin got traded, I think, right after his first child was born. And Lund- Lundquist, how emotional he was, and Matt Zuccarello got traded. And Kevin Bieksa was talking last night about how it's it's tense for players. And there's this this picture of Philip Deneau, Brendan Gallagher, and Tomas Tatar, because they've been aligned basically the entire time Tatar's been a hab. And it was just, Deneau and Gallagher was smiling, and Tatar had the solemn look. Like, the Habs knew exactly what they were doing, putting that picture up. Right. And it's like, these guys are, are best friends. You know, it's just... We all need to remember the highlights and the... Sorry, the, the the real... like These are people with families and friends. When we start yelling about, we gotta trade this guy for a scoring winger with some grit and toughness. Yeah. So, I just wanted to say that, Alex. I hope you know this entire segment. Toronto, Montreal, and the rest of the teams. I haven't even taken that into account. Well, Alex... It's hockey media. It's sport media. Sorry. So I guess to talk about the Leafs, Alex, I'm gonna. Where do you re- want to start? I'm gonna Where? read you something. Is it a so, quote from Mitch Marner? It's not a quote from Mitch Sheldon Marner. Sheldon Keefe. I don't care about any of the quotes the Leafs had. Oh, just wait. They I'm were gonna just... go into it. So, for those of you who missed it last night, the Leafs might have had the most big... embarrassing game in the history of the franchise. Yes, for sure. Worse than any of the Game 7s, worse than National 9-2, the most embarrassing loss in Leafs history. Arguably one of the worst in NHL history. Now, you may be asking why. So, the Marlies have a Zamboni driver by the name of David Ayers. He's 42 years old. He actually had a kidney transplant in 2004. Hasn't played pro hockey in five years. He's actually supposed to practice with the Leafs today. But they canceled it. They canceled practice, yep. didn't they? That's funny. That's so, idiots. early in the first period versus the Carolina Hurricanes, James Reimer goes down. A little while later in the second period, Piedmont Razik has, I don't know what he was doing, but that has was, an ugly... That was just stupid. Has an ugly... Um, what? what I, collision, that's the word, Adam. Yeah. With good old the new guy. I can't Kyle remember Clifford. Kyle Clifford. And he goes off in it. So, here we go. Here comes the Carolina Hurricanes... Emergency backup, Mr. David Ayers, the Zamboni driver for the Toronto Marlies, comes out, number 90, his blocker, his pads, his mask is all Marlies gear. And Alex, I just, take it from here, please. Not only, let's just, because I I was going to do the 
trade talk first because I don't have a whole lot. Then I was going to rip into the team. But not only does he do the, is he the Zamboni driver, but this man practiced with the Leafs a couple times when they needed an extra goalie when Freddie, when they wanted to give Freddie days off. So not only was he the Zamboni driver, just to be clear. So I don't know exactly where to start because the team has no identity. Zero. You know, based on how they're playing right now, I'd argue that they should just sell Barry and sell on Barry, sorry, and you can rec- recuperate some assets for him. Um, there was the, obviously the talk of TJ Brody, right? Yes, that... Not going to happen. You don't think so? And I'll tell you why. Number one, it doesn't make any sense. It's not a hawk. It's not something Kyle Dubas is interested. Why would he bring in, bring him in if he's not going to re-sign him? There was interest. There, there was yeah, the there Kadri was in- deal. There was the interest in summer. So Kadri had Calgary on his no-trade list. Then it came out that... Um, what's his name? That Brody put Toronto on his modified no-trade list. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I don't know how he's going to be a Leaf, but okay. At this point, if you're going to sell, which I'd argue, you the thing with this team is it's not necessarily selling. It's just a reset. Get rid of Tyson Berry. You know, if you make the playoffs or you don't make the playoffs, if they make the playoffs, they're going to get smacked. They're going to play Boston or Tampa, and they're going to look like children on ice. It's like taking the Toronto Marlies and playing them against 15-year-olds. It's going to look ugly. Or against the Detroit Red Wings. Or against the Detroit Red Wings. At this point, you're just looking to bring in defensemen who will play out the rest of the season. Well, speaking of defense. Yeah. Because depth has been a big discussion. About this team. You, you've you really hammered on that if the Leafs are going to make a move, it's going to be for a depth player. And I would think it would be a centerman. Because obviously, right now, your middlemen are Matthews, fantastic. Tavares, fantastic. And it's kind of like Kerfoot slash mid-30s Spezza. And, mm. Well, I, I believe against Pittsburgh and again the second game against Pittsburgh. And last night, Kerfoot played center. Was he good? Ignoring, I can't even tell you if he was against, good because against the, the team Penguins, plays like garbage. Uh, yeah, it was okay. Like, he's a center, right? He's a third-line center. And then you have Spezza at number four, and you're apparently playing Gautier at wing. But Gautier can play center if you need him to. But are both are either of them... Now, Spezza's been great since Babcock left, but I don't think he's the type of guy you want as a full-time center in a deep playoff run. No, I I don't think you want him as your third line center, and the way uh, Keith is rolling his lines, I wouldn't mind him playing fourth line center. Mm-hmm. But they ha- look, they brought in two guys. They brought in Dennis Mulligan and they brought in Max Verona. Max Verona is going to play in the AHL. Uh, Dennis Mulligan's played the last couple of games. Apparently, he looked good Tuesday night. I don't even know what the hell last night was because I could barely concentrate. Um, so, you know, that that's what it is at this point. At this point, he needs to bring in a depth defenseman and get rid of Barry. I don't care if people think I'm overreacting. It, even if they make the playoffs, they're going to get killed. They're going to get killed. The team needs a reset. Any other trades that people think are happening with Kerfoot happening, I mean, I guess Janssen not anymore because he's injured. Mm-hmm. They're all going to be done during the summer. Probably at the draft, yeah. Yeah. So that's that. I have no other trade talk. Real, not even some stuff on Tyson Berry because apparently Frank Cervelli and Friedman have all said that. Okay, so Tyson Berry is going to get traded. At this point, it, I don't even know what else to say. Get trade. Okay. Uh, Vancouver's interested. I heard Vegas' name. Vegas, Calgary, Calgary, Carolina. Yeah. Vancouver. Okay, so what are you going to get back from? Because for me, for me, I think it's you get back assets that either, number one, you can develop, knowing that this team can develop. You look at half the players on this team played for the Marlies. Mm-hmm. 
Half of this team played for the Marlies. And played for Sheldon Keefe under those Marlies. Right. So they can develop. Like it's not they're not clueless. And they and, or they bring in a, they make it a bigger deal for bringing in someone who's going to be a permanent fix. But there's no one solution to this problem. And I'm going to get to it after. Mm. But there's no one solution to fixing the Leafs. I was so, going to try and pitch you a Troy Stetcher deal with no, Barry, but no. No, that doesn't fix it. That makes it worse. Is is Troy, Stet- is Troy Stetcher right-handed? Yes. Okay, can he play with Morgan Riley? I think he could, yeah. I think he's a steady Eddie defenseman. Okay, he's what's he closer? Than Barry. When it comes I to de- defense, I mean, not offensive. So of we're going but is he decent? Uh, is he a decent defenseman? Like, can he move the puck? Because if that's not the case, you're just bringing in a better defensive player than Ron Hainsey. Because that's what we've been giving Morgan Riley year after year after year. We gave him Nikita Zaitsev. We gave him Ron Hainsey. I don't even know who the hell he was playing with before that. Probably Dion. <laughs> probably. It, 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 that's there's that's the starting issue. There's the biggest issue with this team is obviously its maturity, but since we'll get to that after, Barry should be traded. I don't. There's. I don't know what else you can do with this team right now, to, to fix. You, you're not fixing it. You're not fixing it in the middle of the season, because it's not. A, I don't think it's a player problem. It's a mentality problem. So you're gonna trade Barry. Now tell give me so you said Vegas, Vancouver, Carolina, and Calgary. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what can what can those teams offer the Leafs? See, I it it sounds like what Vancouver are probably the only asset I can really that comes to mind because they've dealt their first, they've dealt their second is Troy Satcher who has one year well, he'll be an RFA in this in July first. Okay. Vegas I don't know because it felt like I was surprised to see they had interest because they made their move Martinez. Apparently they weren't they weren't satisfied with just the Martinez, yeah. Really? That's why I heard I like I the thing is I've hear I've heard so many mixed things about Alec Martinez that oh yeah, you know, he he he's the guy they're looking for. But I've heard guys saying like, man, he's just not as good as he used to be. Really? Well, of course. <laughs> he he is a physical defenseman. Right. And again, like I Take him out and see what he does out of L.A. Right. Who They are a bad team. And do they have they their do? first round pick? Because I'm thinking you, like, what what do you get for Tyson Berry? He's burned so much money. The money is a burnt. He wanted eight years, eight million dollars. I was so stupid thinking that would be a smart idea. They do have their first. And they have, I just realized... They're about to get, this year. They'll have their second that they got from Pittsburgh from Mark Andre Fleury. Right. So they have a first and a second. I mean, if you're the Leafs, if you want to try again, like yeah, they don't have much, much to add. Like they, the Leafs are going to go and be like, all right, give me a first and Nick Hag or Cody Glass. The right. Vegas are going to do that. No, but they need the thing is right now. I'm looking at their right side. The Leafs' right side is so depleted. Like it not depleted. It so just feels empty because they the only guy they're betting on right now is Timothy Lilligren. And they just signed J- uh, Justin Hall for three more years. Then what? You have Timothy Lilligren, Justin Hall, and maybe Travis Dermott if he can play on the right side. And Justin Hall is listen, great deal, great contract. He has not looked good since he signed that deal. He's a five six defenseman. He's not looked good since he signed that deal. I don't know what the issue is. I, it's, I don't know what else, I mean, we can talk about selling to an extent, but again, yeah, it's, like, the Leafs have to make a move, right? Mm-hmm. After last night, you can't just not change anything. No, you have to change something, but it, it, you look at this team, what are you going to change? You're not going to trade one of the big four mid-season. And can they really make, because apparently from, we found out headlines last night. Also, I should probably mention, all this information we have here is, of course, from guys like Saravelli, Friedman, Johnson, Dreger. It's just right. there's so much. Please know that, like, we can try and source as much as we can, but it's from those big guys. So, please, we're, again, sourcing is very important to us as journalism students. Yeah. But because we found out last night, of course, CC and Riley are expected to be back by the end of March. Don't even bring them back. 
It's not worth it. If you're going to play like this, you're not going to make the playoffs. And even if you do, you're going to get smacked in four games. What What do they do? I, I, I Beside get, Tyson Berry, like, what else do they do? Nothing. Trade Tyson Berry. Say, the GM goes down, trades Tyson Berry. Say, you guys want to play like idiots? Man, this guy's gone. You can't do anything else right now. Well, okay, you can't how? trade Kapanen because the depth is going to look it's going to really look bad. So I guess trade talk is a bit flat there for the Leases. Beside Barry, that we don't... It. I can't... You're not making a bigger deal. You no. can't. Then, should we talk about the game last night? We're going to talk about all three games. I just have a whole list of notes. Can I just go through it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. And this is... You're starting at the first Pittsburgh game... No, this is just a combination. You know what the problem is with this team? Is that the team, the performance they gave last night and the performance they gave on Tuesday is the same freaking thing. Before, and then the performance they gave on Wednesday was a joke. It's, it was a literal joke. So before you go, though, let me just mention this. So for ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, Alex actually got onto, what is it, Least Laughs Live? Is that, I've never heard Live, of the show. Live, Laugh, Leap. That's a fantastic title, by the way. I know. And you were very calm, cool, and collective on that. You made some really good points. I know. I don't you know got kudos how. from them, but I now I feel like you're really about to to uh, let explode. rip here. So last night they played the Hurricanes, lost six three. Allowed fifty shots. Allowed fifty shots. How? Okay. Here's here's what I said. I I did the voicemail DM whatever. They listened to it. And I was talking about the team is fooling us. The team is literally saying, hey, you know what? We'll play good for one game just to trick the fans into thinking we're good. I, I don't mean to laugh, but I love that thing. We're going to trick the fans into thinking we're like, good. What is it? Like, what is the point? They don't look like they care. And... And it's just, oh my god! Like Tuesday, we we uh, recorded the podcast Tuesday night, which I wish we did. It. I wish we did it Wednesday, because I would have ripped this team apart Wednesday too. Mm-hmm. I watched a part of the first period while I was editing editing the podcast. I'm like, man, I, this is a joke. Then I get a call from my friends. Want to go out? You bet your ass I'm I'm going out. I can't. I I'm not gonna sit here and watch this. I think I texted you the Teddy Bluger scored and you, you just called explode. me. I called you. you yeah, yeah, yeah. Called me and said you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah, I know it's four nothing. Go, no, it's five. I'm like, great. Who scored? Teddy Bluger. That guy's not real. And and to sit there and tell the and, and if you're on Twitter telling someone that there's one issue, you're clueless. You're clueless. There's a million issues with this team. Okay, you know, currently, well, minus Thursday because that was a joke. Uh, offensive performance is average. Defense is subpar. And Freddie Freddie is struggling. He has not but been good. To blame it on one specific thing. To sit there and say, Freddie, you know, Freddie's not been good. The rest of the team's been garbage. They don't look like they care. They literally don't. They need to wake up. They have to wake up. It's like they don't understand what the implications are. And a lot of this, by the way, not caring. It says something when you get... A big point was made in that first Penguins game that if getting Malkin off the ice and the Leafs just couldn't do anything. When the Pittsburgh had just lost one of the best players in the league. And then, of course, you go to Carolina. Your minor league team's Zamboni driver is now in net. Now, you get two in the second, but then you fall apart in the third. Like You can score at will versus this guy Matthews should have had a hat trick. Yeah. You have four, three. Let's you, we'll take Nylander out. Three of the best players in the hot in the NHL, and you couldn't sh- let alone score. You couldn't get a puck on net. I don't care how good Carolina's defense last night. You have three of the best players in the NHL. You have William Nylander. You have everyone else, and you couldn't get a puck on net, let alone get. Score a goal. 
It was a joke. It was beer league. It was a joke. And, and you know, I said it before. The team has no identity. You know, I thought, you know, we've been complaining about this identity thing since game one. And, yo, you were going to have an identity, you know, after 20 games. That's when a team gets their identity. Did you listen to the uh, the 18, 15-minute whatever clip from Overdrive? No, I haven't. Okay, so Jeff O'Neill, apparently, this is what he said on his way to work, Beauty. was calling people f- that worked inside with in teams for the NHL. This is what they said. If the team doesn't turn over the puck or take pen- if the, that the other team doesn't turn over the puck or take penalties, what else are the Leafs going to do? I don't, by the way, this is, I don't mean to interrupt you here. But I thought you'd be a little sour, so I thought I'd bring something sweet, and I want to give you a oh caramel bar. Thank you. I'm a little sour. So I see. I did I see this. Yes, that. and it's a it's a good point because the Leafs have made a point of saying our power play is our toughness. I don't care anymore. You know what Brian Hayes said in the same clip? What they have the exact same style of play, regardless of the score and regardless of who they play. You cannot. Under any circumstances, go down 5 nothing. I don't care who you're playing. You're supposed to be a contending team. This is what you're telling us, that you're a contending team. And you go down 5 nothing, and then we start trying. When Matthew scored in the Leafs' second goal, a part of me said, Oh no, they might do this. <laughs> I don't care. It's ridiculous. Last night they were down 4-1. Then they were down 6-3. And then lost the game 6-3. You can't go make go down like this and then start trying. Because in the playoffs, when you go down 4 nothing to the Boston Bruins, you're not scoring any goals. Zero. They have Zero. We, we talked about this term a lot. They have the killer instinct. They when they want to, they shut a game down and win. By the way, just quick thing. The Bruins got murdered last night. They did. <laughs> but that doesn't happen often, so it's not like and, and I'm going to say this again. Sorry. Yeah. I'm going to say no, 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 this again. Going. It's all about... Say it with me. It's all, all about, about the, the details. details. Stop trying to play this BS, beer league, shinny, crap, turnover game. What was it they said on that show? Trying to beat every defenseman before trying to, trying to get on the highlight reel? Yeah, you don't have to make the perfect goal. If... I promise you, if you score cross-ice passes every single time, score off those passes, I'll be perfectly fine. You don't have to dangle everyone. It's not NHL 20. It's not NHL 20. It's not your local beer league. It's not a random game of shinny on, on outdoor ice. Put the puck in the net. I don't care how you do it. No one cares how you do it. When I go back and say Austin Matthews scored 60 goals, I don't care how he scored 60 goals. He scored 60 goals. I don't care. What was Ovechkin said? I don't care if it's empty nether or anything. A goal is a goal. A goal is a goal. Last time I checked, a goal is a goal. A concussion is a concussion. Yeah. Science. 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 And and can I just tell you some this quote from Marner? Sure. This is from Tuesday night. We all know we have the skill, but we don't have the work ethic every single night. With every single guy buying in. Skill only only takes you so far, and then the work ethic takes you to a whole other level. That's something we need to be consistently better with. This is a copy of a quote, literally, that you could say, okay, you know what? We're going to take this quote, and we're going to put it thir- for Thursday night. That's or, sorry, every Leafs game. Last night. Last night, the guy came up with basically the same quote. The only difference was, instead of work ethic, it was willpower. Willpower? Not will, maybe it wasn't willpower. Will something, I don't remember. Stop telling me about the work ethic. I don't care. You're NHL players. You should already be busting your ass off every day. Like, it's amateur hour. It's amateur hour. It's literal amateur hour. Like... I could go back to 2012, 2013, whatever. If I wanted to hear them say the same thing, I'll go watch a Dion Phaneuf interview. Because he was saying the same thing eight years ago. And that's when they were... And that's when they were garbage. They somehow made the playoffs. 
it doesn't matter. Dubas can go do whatever he he can go bring in Alex Petrangelo. Somehow, this team is going to still get smacked in the playoffs, smacked and slaughtered in round one by Tampa and Boston. They don't have an identity. And let me remind you, this isn't anything like Columbus. If anyone thinks that, oh, they're going to do what Columbus did, they're mistaken. That team had an identity. That team would go bust their balls every single night. Scratched and clawed their way in, knowing that their biggest pieces were, were all leaving. Yeah. Like, the skill, like, I don't care about the skill. I know you guys are skillful. Don't tell me that you have to change your work ethic. Do it. I'm tired of hearing it. Just do it. It's very frustrating because you always hear that the guys who come into the league and are all skill, 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 so, you know, those first rounders that never seem to work out, that they come in, they don't change the way they're playing because they're not, their game doesn't adapt, right? And you either sink or swim. You're like Sam Bennett who adjusts his game and survives or anyone else, right? And it- the thing with the lease is... Their players, like Mitch Marner and that, like Mitch Marner has been said to be the next Patrick Kane at points. They're going to be the next generation of players that go like, I was a Mitch Marner fan growing up. The skill, all this. But then it's like these are players that, in the London Knights, you know for a fact there were times where Mitch Marner could take a game or two off. He was just that good. Yeah, but that, the, the thing is there, as you said, it's junior, right? Yeah. That's something that happens in junior. But you come to the NHL and realize you're not playing against some guys who are going to make the NHL and some guys who, you know what, they got drafted into the into the CHL but really aren't going to turn out. Now you're playing against grown-ass men who have made the NHL and are busting their ass every night. And they're good enough. Marner's a 90-point guy. Matthews can score 50. He probably scores 50 a bunch more times, except because, you know, the shoulder injuries he's had in the past few years. Tavares, incredible. And it's just, I can't imagine what it's like as at least fans to see that they have all this potential and they just continue to fall apart. That's been the issue since the beginning of the year. It's been... Listen, Mike Babcock was saying these things three years ago. And, and listen, I'm not here. I'm not gonna sit here. I'm not promise you right now. He had his own. Things. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that Mike Babcock should be the coach. Usage and all that. Aside. There's a whole other set of issues, and you know, if you want to go back, listen to the Babcock uh, fired episode, emergency the emergency podcast. podcast. I'm sitting here telling you that the same problem that Babcock had is the same problem that now Sheldon Keefe has. And I don't know who to blame because if you think that, you know, as I've seen this take on Twitter, if you think that if we still had Babcock and Lou, that we'd be a better team. No, no. Leo Komarov would be a Maple Leaf still out of ridiculous on a ridiculous contract. William Nylander, yeah, Matt Martin, perfect. William Nylander probably would have been traded for pennies, and I don't even know if Mitch Marner would be signed. And again, and John Tavares would not be a Maple Leaf. No. Five things right there. It's it's a hundred percent on the players now. Because that's Dubis the that's has, the issue. That's the issue I have. Because Dubis has made his moves, and Sheldon Keefe is now using the players as they were always meant to be played. You don't right. have Spezza playing thirty minutes a night in, or right. a game seven last few minutes, right? The issue here with what I have is yes, this team it should be this is solely on the players, solely oh not a hundred percent. There's obviously blame. There's always blame on the coach, always blame on the GM. But I go on Twitter after the game and it's fire Dubis. Man, the guy brought in players. The guy the guy brought in John Tavares. The guy literally had to somehow get rid of Patrick Marlowe. The guy somehow had to get rid of Nikita Zaitsev. I'm gonna bring up the pictures I sent you of what was trending last night on Twitter. It was... Let the players take the accountability instead of automatically going to the GM. This is why why the team's been garbage for four years because everyone's been blaming the coach and now they fired the coach and now you're going to the next person. Keith, fire Dubas. Hashtag embarrassing. Emergency goalie. All the stuff that was trending on Twitter last night. It's ridiculous. It's a joke. 
By the way, we we don't mean to over like just quickly go by this, but David Harris. If you haven't seen the video of of him going back into the Carolina Hurricanes uh, locker room afterwards and Rod Brindamore's speech, go mention it because yes, we are talking about the Leafs here, and of course, this podcast focuses on the Habs and the Leafs. Um, that the, the Dave Aris story is fantastic, and the Hurricanes actually put they're selling his shirt of his number and all that, and I believe that some of the I'm gonna get the tweet up here that apparently there are. Working together to find a charity. This is the, the Hurricanes tweet. Dave will be getting royalties, but we are also working with him to identify a kidney foundation that will receive a portion of the proceeds. And of course, these are, of course, Dave Airy shirts that the Hurricanes are selling. So, yes, we, we are ripping the lease a lot here, but we are also, I want it to acknowledge, <laughs> it's better than Scott Foster. Yeah. And what an incredible story, honestly. Like, great for him. I'm so happy for him. Can I bring up one more Keith? Can I just bring up a Keith quote quickly? Yeah, yeah. It looks like the process that we want to go through is to just get embarrassed enough to the point where we really just, we just really look in the mirror and recognize what's required for us to be able to compete at a high level at this stage of the season. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear, listen, I don't care anymore if, if I'm being the fun police. I don't want to hear a drop of music during practice. That's a privilege for playing good. I don't want to hear that Lady Gaga was playing. I don't want to hear Justin Bieber was playing. I want these guys busting their ass off during the practice. I don't care about your that you want to hear music. I don't. It's over. You've lost. The players have lost. That's it. I just want to read you something very quickly, Alex. And I'm not trying to suggest the Habs can still make the playoffs here, but the Montreal Canadiens are only six points behind the Leafs. That's the position the Leafs have put themselves into. The Habs, who have had two eight-game losing streaks and and got season-swept by the Detroit. Mark Dumont asks this. What's worse, losing to the Detroit Red Wings four times or losing to your own Losing to your own. Your own AHL AHL Zamboni Zamboni driver. driver. And and again, last note on the Leafs in this. We watch sports for situations like David Aris, eh? Yeah. I love it so much. Definitely. It is, and you got to admit, it is hilarious. Hilarious. If I wasn't a Leaf fan, it would be absolutely hilarious. He's on the ice with the Marlies right now. Actually, is David Ayers. That's just splendid. You know he brought the game puck too, right? Yep. Shout out to him getting first star too. Y- you had to give him first star. Yeah. And good on the Leafs fans for everyone giving him a good ovation when he made that last save of when course, he first came of in. Yeah. Of course. Last thing. This is by far, I said this on the on my voicemail DM. I'm not sure. I sent them three. I don't even remember which one they played. I said, this is honestly worse than the last 10 minutes and overtime of Game 7 in 2013. You know what's hilarious that you say that? I just opened Twitter to double-check everything, and Sportsnet just put out a thing about Steve Zalafar saying, quote, forget about Game 7 2013, 16, 19. Forget about all of them. They just lost to a 42-year-old Zamboni driver yeah. who works for them. Right. Quote. Right. Yeah. Anything else that you need to get out no. about the Leafs? No. All right. I suggest now, you know, we're good Montreal. with David David Harris, and I don't know how we followed this up, to be honest with you, but the Montreal Canadiens, they won last night, which was pretty... They, you know what? They always have really fun games against the Sens. Yeah. They really, really do. Hot Carl Olser got called up too. Did you see that? I did see that. The, it was quite surprising. His first NHL game in about a year. Emergency call up because Victor Mete and Xavier Houlette both got hurt against the Capitals. Oh. Which, of course, fails to happen. And apparently the AHL guys were really, really happy that he got called up. Because if you don't, if you know anything about Carl Olsner, he's actually a very, very, very good person. Never heard a bad thing or read a bad thing about the guy. So the Habs have are somehow still in a race here. But, of course, I wonder if this means that Bergevin will keep Anilia Kovalchuk, will keep a Tatar because he thinks his team is in it, 
or are they actually going to do the move? Well, listen, I think from in my in my from my perspective, the obvious answer is to sell. Yes. You know, you have Tatar. Uh, you know, just look at what Tampa got for. I'm sorry, what the Devils got for Coleman. Um, you obviously have Petrie. Last night they said Petrie's probably not going to get traded on headlines. Mm-hmm. You obviously have Kovalchuk. That's another guy. But to be honest, at the end of the day, and we were talking about this before we started recording, he's probably going to sell off just the bottom players. And, you know, Thompson, uh, Cousins, and Dale Weiss, or et cetera, or whatever other depth players you have. That's really it. See, what's really interesting to me is the... There have been rumbling, so as you first before I go to Colorado, that Pierre Lebrun said at one point it sounded like the Hurricanes were prepared prepared to offer a first-round pick in Jake Bean for Jeff Petrie. Now, that's a big deal, and of course, Jeff Petrie's kind of the, the player they would really like. A puck mover, defenseman, has another year left because they, they don't normally do rentals. But I think that Petrie probably going to Carolina is off the table now because they're probably going to have to give up a good bit for Robin Leonard. But I think the big thing to talk about with the Habs and the trade deadline is them in Colorado. Now, the Avalanche have had the same scout at the last few of Montreal's um, games. Mark Bergevin and Scott Mellenby, of course, assistant GM uh, Scott Mellenby, were in Colorado as well. Bergevin did say because his daughter goes to the University of Colorado, he was there. Um, I want to believe you, but at the same time, why'd you bring Scott Mellenby? And also him and Joe Sackick were both kind of laughing about it. And... Reporters out of Colorado have said that that they that the that the her, that first of all, there's rumors Carey Price is getting traded to Colorado. Yeah, well, that's just that's true. not happening, right? No, but if it did, I wouldn't be a Habs fan anymore. I'd be in tears. Like if you could trade them anywhere else, I'd be okay with it. We'd have to do an emergency podcast. But if it was, it'd be I'd be crying. If if they traded him to Colorado, yeah. that'd be it. I would be a Colorado fan. The HFRs are done. They're CFRs now. (laughs) AFRs. Avalanche fan reactions, all right? That's what's going to happen. But anyway, there's been talks that that they were looking at Petrie, probably not going to happen. They've looked at Kovalchuk, and they've looked at Tomas Tatar. And really, the Habs are interested in Adam... Is it Adam Graves? No, that's his dad. There's Ryan, Ryan. Ryan Graves, sorry, who I believe is 24, young left-handed defenseman. So I wonder if instead of maybe a futures deal, it's going to be a first or a second rounder, and maybe Graves comes the other way from Colorado. Maybe that's the deal that could happen. Okay. Or it's Kovalchuk. I, I would just, I'd be very surprised if the Habs and the Colorado Avalanche didn't have a deal coming between them. See, when we were doing, when I was making my notes, my nine pages of notes, no need to brag, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I actually did it, I only put Tatar on the list for forwards. Yeah. I didn't put anyone else, uh, anyone else from Montreal. Really? Mm-hmm. Not Kovalchuk? No. Because my other names, I thought, just seemed like more of an option. Because, uh, was it Engels who came out and talked about... Uh, the Angles. one-year contract? Um, no, that was Drager. Was and Drager's had a rough few days. But Eric Angles... No, Eric Angles talked about how the Bruins could still be in on Colton oh. Chuck because they have cap room. And yeah, Drager said the possibility could be a one-year, $3 million deal with Colton Chuck and the Habs. And from everyone else, it seems to be like the Habs are still considering both options and looking at what the best available offer will be for Colton Chuck. Right. Which, I mean, just do a handshake deal if you want to bring him back. So to bring hey, him back in the summer, right. you... Idiot. Nope. Get the asset. Nope. I mean, they traded Marco Scandella, of course, for a conditional fourth in the second. Fantastic return for the Habs. Yeah. I love Marco Scandella, by the way. So, and apparently, Scandella already said that he that he'll probably be coming back. And he said he didn't rule out a return to the Habs. So why are you not doing the same for for Kovalchuk? Send him to the Bruins. So that like the Bruins could make the Cup final again. They could win the Cup, and I wouldn't be surprised. What are you doing? Trade him. Asset management, come on. You're supposed to be the best at asset management. That's what, you know, everyone's saying. Hey, listen, I was excited. Scandella was some good thing. Oh, the Penguins just tied it up. I see my computer screen. Yes. But just trade. There's no excuse not to trade Kovalchuk. Absolutely none. Zero. Zero excuse. 
Zero. It's it's you know I get Petrie. I I can imagine the price for him is going to be high. I, I I mean I don't really get to tar. You know what the thing for me is to tar is he's having such a career year. Yeah. Because he's doing so well that I have this feeling that next going into next year he might not do as well and his value drops. Not yes. only does it drop because he has one year left on his contract, but his value drops because even more because he's not doing as well. Like That's the issue I have. He will score, of course, 20 goals because that is what Tomas Tatar right. does. But he will not put up the numbers that he has this year. And for example, yeah. he's got 55 points in 65 games played. His career high is 58 points. Last year is a have for 80 points. So that's, he's, damn, he is, uh, he's put up his best years in Montreal. But yet at the same time, you have to think, yeah, how long is that going to last for? Exactly. So, and it's interesting that Friedman made a point of saying that. Oh, did the Penguins just score again? Yeah. Dang. Uh, Friedman made a point. Oh, it was Sid Crosby too. What a great guy. It was. It was pointed out that of course Petrie's not probably won't be getting dealt, and that of course they've talked about Kovalchuk, but I find Friedman that funny that Friedman didn't say there was something to do with Tatar, and that he didn't say there wasn't anything happening. Because before, it was definitely with Tatar, and that that you needed to blow Montreal socks off. By the way, socks. I'm wearing polar bear socks today. So I, I find it very interesting. And it makes me think that maybe a Tatar-Graves deal could happen. And I mean... I, I really do think that would be a good... I couldn't... I won't sit there and say I want a first, a second, and Adam... And Ryan Graves, sorry. But if it was like a second and a Graves type deal, I think that'd be really good for Montreal. Probably. That's a young left-handed defenseman, which I've been screaming about. And for you know Alex Romanov is not going to come in and play top two minutes next year. Right. So... Ben Chirot will. You say that, man. He's been really good. He's... At least not. Thomas Tatar... I'm sorry, no. Thomas... What? Ben Chirot. Thomas Caberly? What? No. Ben Chirot has nine goals this year. He had a pair against the Caps. Like, he was the game winner. Why can't I say he's like, good? He's a great piece to have, but at the same time, your left side shouldn't live and die. Exactly. On Ben Chirot. Exactly. So, but looking can at... Can you, just quickly before we end the Montreal stuff, can we? Can you tell me how... Um, Shea Weber has looked since miraculously recovering from a month injury in five days. He's looked good. Okay. This is what's weird to me. He's looked really good in my opinion. Man, there must be, it's the weirdest thing. Now, at the same time, this is Shea Weber. I don't think he feels pain. So he's probably hurt. Probably. He just Would wants... you be surprised, just, would you be surprised if, you know, a month after the season is over? He's gone. Six months? He's He has to have surgery. Absolutely Would you be not. surprised? No. Because I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't either. No. It, it It's just like, why would you... The thing for me is I, I I understand, you know, you're an NHL player. You really want to play NHL games. And I guess I'm, I'm looking at how basketball is and relating it back to hockey in this whole load management situation. Mm-hmm. I think load management, it's important... For older player, like someone like Shea Weber, does he really need to play back to backs? No, no, of course Probably not. Probably not on 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 a team like Montreal. So why not say, hey, if you need surgery, get the surgery now, or if you don't need the surgery but you need to rest, take the rest because uh, last time I checked, we're still paying you for the next hundred years. Uh, yeah. That's, I think the, my, that's the issue. The me. only reason I think Shea Weber is not doing that is because he is he does have that old school hockey mentality of play, play, play. And at the same time, we talked about it last show. If he plays all his games, his thousandth is in Nashville. And of course, if everyone anyone's forgotten, he used to be the captain of the Predators until he came to Montreal in the PKC Man deal. Right. It's again. It's and we talked about load management. Carey Price played his fifteenth game in sixteen last night. So his 15th start in 16 Habs games. Yeah. What are you doing? Like, do you really have to... And really he got a shut up. There? He's been great. I know, but you're also paying him for the next time. Oh, no, I, I'm not defending it. I'm just, I'm pointing out you are, you are pushing Carey face. This is what's annoying. Forget about bringing in a star player to come help you. Yeah. How is it for all the cat space you have had, you have not brought in a backup to help him? Keith Kincaid could be such well, the ECJL, and you it could be a mess. You brought in Keith Kincaid. I think you know. You look at what they did. Oh, 
Keith Kincaid's our guy. Keith Kincaid didn't work out. Then you uh, what did they do last year? Who they have? I don't even remember who they had last year. It's it's a new backup every year. But who was Scrivens. it last year? Anti hey, Niemi. Don't talk about Ben Scrivens. Anti Niemi was their backup. Condon Scrivens. What, what's Anti Niemi doing now? I think he's retired. No, that sucks. How have you not just bucked up and like forget about like going? I get it, star players, whatever taxes. Jesus Christ, dude! How hard is it to overpay a backup goalie so Carey Price only has to play fifty games? What are you doing? That makes no sense. This team has just had this terrible habit it's of just rushing their stars back and just ru- pushing their faces into the mud when it comes to playing. Like, oh, you're going to play. Oh, it's on the players, but we're going to make it play because we're going to put the pressure on you. And oh. Exactly. And, of course, they're proud athletes, and they're going to do it until the end because, listen, the Habs... They're not out of it amazingly because of how much of a joke the Atlantic is outside right. of Bruins and Tampa. But honestly, your season is, is done. I don't understand why. Was I excited when they won last night? Yeah, because it was a great game. And for some reason, it was like a home game because Ottawa lull. And Carey Price was beating up Matt, uh, Brady Kachuk, which was hilarious. But I don't know what they're doing. Neither do I. Just one more thing on Montreal. Okay. A piece that if we're going to guarantee they're going to move is Nate Thompson. Um, a depth centerman who was really good on the power and sorry on the penalty kill, and I wouldn't be surprised if a team like Pittsburgh takes a look at Nate Thompson. To be honest with you, um, you think so? He's cheap and yeah, he kills penalties. I think we're gonna split this up. Hey, hey Alex, break the fourth wall a bit here. Um, but anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode of ripping on the Leafs and trying to understand what load management and the Habs hate against each other. But if you enjoyed this episode. Why don't you like it or share or subscribe? Whatever you have to do, follow, leave a review, all that kind of stuff wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the show's Instagram page. Check out the YouTube channel to find clips and all that. Check out me and Alex and Daniel's social media accounts and all that type of stuff. And, of course, wish Daniel luck. Tweet at him because he has an interview with TSN coming up. The score next month and hopefully Sportsnet gets back to him as well. And make sure you listen to the next episode where we talk about the rest of the league. Mm-hmm. And my YouTube channel. Because I'm going to plug myself here. We will see you next time.